have to reemphasize what we were just doing, praying. And uh, the Lord, in, in my prayer time this week, just called, uh, just was able to show me at least 20 answers to prayer from our prayer list. Uh, if you took one of these bulletins from last week, uh, as I did, and uh, as you saw the, the many different requests on here, and some you might say, uh, well, we've been praying for that for a long time. Uh, uh, we don't see any progress there. Well, 20, 20 answers to prayer that uh, the Lord showed me. And uh, just was so filled with gratitude this week and, and just had to share it, that the Lord answers our prayers. If you believe that the Lord doesn't answer your prayers, you're, you're wasting your time. But when we pray and when we ask God to do, uh, to do his work, to, to help in a situation, he does it. And sometimes we see it and sometimes we don't see it. But the Lord's still working. And I think of uh, uh, Major Brenda Harrival and just the miraculous recovery. There's been a, a thousand people or more praying for her, us included, and look at what the Lord has done. He's healed her and is bringing her back to health. And Jackie, so good to see you. Jackie, so good to see you. Been praying for you. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This week, uh, we're looking at Romans, the 12th chapter. And uh, thank you, Shelley, for reading that earlier. And thank you, uh Becky and Nevaeh for singing that song about God's grace, and this is in response to God's grace. This uh, 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 chapter in the Bible, Romans chapter 12, it says, therefore, in response to God's grace, and God's grace causes all this, and because of God's grace, we should uh, read this passage of scripture and act on it. And so in Romans chapter 12 is where we're going to be looking, and you might you might say, well, this sounds a little bit familiar if you look right before uh, where we looked. And, and by the way, uh, if you're just looking on your screen, you saw Shelley's words were different, different translation that was used. But I hope you have your own uh, Bible. And, and if you do, please open it up. If you have a pew Bible right in front of you, open it up. You're going to need it today. You're going to need it today to look a little bit before and a little bit behind. Because if I just take that section right there, uh, it doesn't, it's not going to make very much sense. I need you to look before and a little bit behind uh, what we're looking at today. In Romans, the 12th chapter, actually, uh, Commissioner Carroll, if you were here last week, Commissioner Carroll Seiler preached out at camp an important word for us out of Romans, the 12th chapter, about being one family, about being one body about each part of the body having a special spiritual gift that they should use. And if you remember one of her conclusions she used uh, uh, from actually 1 Corinthians chapter 12, or yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, she said uh, that one of the conclusions was to seek the higher gifts, the greater gifts. And the greater gifts led right into the love chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love. Love makes this body go round. Love. And so let's look just a little bit at Romans chapter 12. Uh, 
Captain Carroll preached a little bit uh, in there, or Commissioner Carroll, did I call her Captain? Excuse me. Uh, from the third verse to verse 8, all about spiritual gifts. And again, Paul says, the same Paul that wrote, seek the greater gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, says right here in Romans, right after talking about spiritual gifts, what does he emphasize? He emphasizes love. Love binding everything together. So as I initially read through this passage of, uh, of verses 9 through 21, all about love and Christian love and where it comes from and how important it is, I looked at it as maybe you do also right now as a collection of do's and don'ts. You know, do this, make sure you do this, make sure you never do this, and on and on. Do this, don't do that, always do this, always do that. Do you see that? Do you see how we could almost uh, view that in this passage of Scripture? And so my initial note-taking on this passage of Scripture as I studied it, I decided to put them into categories. That would be a pretty good idea, right? Put all the do's over here and all the don'ts over there. And so I did that. And I determined that after doing that, the do's, what Paul says uh, positively, what we should do, outnumbered the don'ts about four to one. So not really a collection of do's and don'ts, more of a collection of always remember this. However, after looking at the scripture in a little bit deeper context, I discovered that it's really not about do's and don'ts. It's about living a fruitful life when the Holy Spirit changes your heart. It's about what other people will see when they realize that you're a new creation, that you're no longer the same, that Jesus has made a difference in your life. And it's found, uh, it, I think, if we go back to Romans 12, 1 through 2, Paul's initial words right here. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. In other words, look at what Jesus has done for you. As you see what Jesus has done for you, respond in this way. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Be changed by the renewing of your mind, by the making new of your mind, by the reset button being pressed in your mind, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his perfect and pleasing and good will. So an interesting uh, thing about this, this passage, it's, it's not about do's and don'ts. It's really the fruit of the Spirit being lived out in a believer's life. If Jesus has come in and made residence in your heart and changed your life, people will see this stuff happening all around you. It's found 
in transformation. Transformation. It's really about the difference Jesus makes in your life when he becomes the Lord of it. Your life will look different and your life will be distinct. I was looking at some commentaries about this passage just to, uh, to give me some ideas on how to preach this passage the best way. And one of the commentators said that it's, don't look for any kind of pattern or any kind of uh, uh, progression as these things uh, uh, are, are spoken. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Don't, don't see them as a, a, a steps. Instead, see them as pillars standing distinctly all there. You know, oftentimes I have to travel across the state of Iowa, and boy, that's a long state to travel across. Has anybody ever done that? It's a ways. You better buckle in, and you better find something good on the radio, and you just or somebody to talk to, or both, and you settle on in. Or South Dakota, ditto. You better buckle in, and you know that you're going to be in for quite a long ride in the car. And as I come home, and as I'm heading back towards Omaha, and maybe you do this too, you start noticing landmarks that tell you you're coming home. Some familiar landmarks that you can see a long ways away that rise up in the distance. When driving in on interstate, uh, on the interstate from Iowa, you can see the buildings of the Omaha skyline open up before you as if they're almost rolling out the red carpet or the welcome mat and saying, welcome home, we missed you. Nebraska hasn't been the same without you. Maybe that's just what they say to me. I'm sure they say that to you also. Or when you're coming down the interstate from South Dakota, I have the landmarks that I look for off to the right in a long distance away, especially if you're driving at nighttime. Those four radio towers that are on 72nd and Crown Point, you know which ones I'm talking about, don't you? That you can see for miles and miles away, but you know the exact location of those radio towers. I know exactly where they are. And it's a visual picture of how much further I need to go to go home. And it's a boost I usually need at that point. Another landmark, when you're driving in from West Omaha and you can see St. Cecilia's Church right there. I love the way that Omaha opens up and the way that the, the hill comes down and St. Cecilia's. And I know that whatever the clouds look like at St. Cecilia's, that's probably what they're going to look like here at Omaha Citadel. And it's a visual picture for me. So landmarks like these that rise above the normal landscape around them. That's what these marks are in, in Romans, the, ninth, the 12th chapter, verses 9 through 21. They're visual. People can see them. People know that something's different, that that right there is true. And that's what these marks of the Holy Spirit are that Paul listed. This is the way that we are to be fashioned in this pattern, not the pattern of the world. 
as Paul said. The Holy Spirit has changed us. So don't be like the rest of the landscape. Don't be afraid to rise above. And the verse that I picked out for the, the title of this sermon, this, the one that kind of stands out uh, best to me, I think is that verse that talks about keeping your spiritual fervor. Verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Fervor, keep your spiritual fervor. So I was preparing this message. Landon was uh, looking over my shoulder. He said, what does that mean? <laughs> Good question, Landon. Let's uh, answer that together. Fervor. Energy. Enthusiasm. Excitement. The fire. Keep the fire going for your faith. But fervor in, in Latin actually means, a, it comes from the same word as boiling or fermenting. So while we say energy, excitement, enthusiasm, and keep the fire going, fervor, it's kind of like a massive great change that can't go backwards. It's like a cucumber becoming a pickle. You can't go back to becoming a cucumber anymore once a pickle has been made. The process of that pickling chemically changed what that cucumber is. The taste will never taste like a cucumber again. Do cucumbers even have taste? Just a little bit, right? But a pickle is full of flavor. So being boiled, pickled, fermented, whatever word for transformation that you want to use, that's what, the, that's what we've been. We've been transformed and we can't go back. So fervor is keeping it and celebrating it and enthusiastically proclaiming it. I'm different. I'm changed. I'm no longer the same. Something is different inside of me. Fervor is to be enthusiastic that the God of creation has chosen us. That the God of creation has chosen us to be excited about it, to be enthused about it. It's to show some energy into growing our faith. Fervor means to go and get it and not wait for it to come to us. Paul says that our true and our proper response to God's incredible mercy and his changing power is to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And that we should no longer believe that we are the same as when we came to know Jesus, as when we got up off of our knees or said that prayer, that Jesus has changed everything. Believe it and go and grow. And be excited that the Lord has worked in your heart. As I mentioned, the challenge for me is not to preach the do's and the don'ts and the you shoulds and you shouldn'ts. If I point at you, I point right back at myself, don't I? No, instead I want to tell you what the Lord has done. What the Lord has done for me. And I just want to lift his name up higher. To clearly tell you, to clearly tell you 
that in view of God's mercy, in view of God sending his son to die on the cross and to lay down his life as a sacrifice for each and every one of us, that in response to that, that we should be thankful, that we should come to him, and that we should no longer live in the past as a cucumber, but as a pickle, change, transform, renewed in our mind. You know, it's, we, we know this already. We know this already. It's our choice to follow him or not, to be excited by our faith or, or not, to carry forward that zeal and that passion, that energy, that enthusiasm, that excitement for what the Lord's done in my life, or to let that fire slowly burn out. You know, to keep a fire burning requires fuel. Any Boy Scout or Girl Scout or anybody that's ever made a fire before will tell you that, that eventually it'll burn out. You don't have some fuel. And that fuel for the Holy Spirit's fire in our life is to live in community with God, to walk in step with God, to keep in step, to discover where he is and where he's going, and to catch up to him and to be with him, to learn what he asks each and every one of us to do, to trust him with the details of our life, So today, instead of me telling you the do's and the don'ts and the shoulds and the shouldn'ts, I just want to say, respond to the Holy Spirit. I, I want these landmarks in my life. I want to have sincere love. I want to hate what is evil, not like it a little bit. I want to cling to what is good. I want to be devoted to one another. Just as a, the family of God, just as the body needs each other. I want to have that kind of sincere re, way that I rely on others. That I'm devoted and give to one another. Not in hypocrisy, but in true brotherly love. I want to honor other people above myself. I want to be joyful in hope. I want to be filled with zeal. I want to uh, never let my fervor burn out. I want to be joyful in hope. I want to be patient in affliction. I want to be faithful in prayer. I want to share with God's people who are in need. I want to practice hospitality. Those things come when the Holy Spirit is in control of my life. Those things come when the Lord is in control of my life. Yes, we can practice those. But if the Holy Spirit's not in charge, those things won't happen. On and on. Those marks, those pillars, that skyline of the Holy Spirit in my heart, that's what I want. What about you? bow today just to ask you to have some prayer time with me. I want to ask God just to make us excited about our faith.
to fill us with that fervor and following him, to remind us that we're changed people, that when the devil whispers, you're just the same, what difference does God make? Listen to the Holy Spirit who tells us that we're different, that things have happened in our life that there's no going back. Ask God to fill us with zeal and spiritual fervor, to be filled with compassion and genuine love for those in the body and those outside, to have love for our enemy, enough to feed them and give them drink. We know that God answers these prayers, so let's have time for prayer. I want to invite you to come forward as you feel the Holy Spirit leading you. I want to pray, and then I want us to sing just a simple chorus. We don't have a piano player, so we're going to rely on your vocal instruments. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.